Thing. I am going to start a little different than uh, normal, but uh, if you would, I'm just going to, if you would, let's all just pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you're going to do, all that you have yet to do in this place. I pray that you'd open our hearts, open our minds, that we would receive what you want us to receive today that you would give us revelation and a willingness to act on your revelation, that we wouldn't just hear your word, but we would be doers of your word also, that we would know you and understand you in a deeper way today. In Jesus' name, amen. The tale goes that there was a man who was on his way back from Israel. He had been in Israel uh, to celebrate one of their many religious feasts. He had been in Israel celebrating a religious feast. He was coming that he could honor God and see him and began to... Um, <clears throat> he had been in Israel, but he was on his way back. He was on his way back home. And the trip was hot, bumpy, complicated. Um, and he, while he had been in Israel, he had purchased or gotten some scrolls, and he was trying to read on the trip back. Anyone ever try reading in a car before? Get the switch on. Um, have you ever tried? It's hard. It's not the easiest thing to do. And when you try doing it, you're bumping, you're swerving, someone just jostles it and you can't read it. And not even 100% sure that he totally understood the words, period. And that's kind of where he is. But as he's going, he, he's reading these words here. His, his chauffeur had been making things complicated, but he, he was reading these words that you have here on the screen. Who hath believed our report? This is Isaiah 53, starting with verse 1. Who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath, hid, hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. 
Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. And that's when he stops. Because suddenly there is a hitchhiker on the road. Suddenly a hitchhiker shows up. And it says in Acts chapter 8 and verse number 30. Philip ran thither to him and heard him read of the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How could I understand except some man should guide me? He desired Philip to join him and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read, he was led as a sheep to slaughter like a lamb dumb before a shear. So he opened out his mouth, and his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? And this eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaks the prophet? Of himself or some other man? Himself or some other man? So Philip takes up and continues from that verse. Maybe they continued to finish out the chapter, which I'm going to do. He was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked, with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He's put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And maybe even Philip did what I'm about to do here. And hop back to verse number 5. He said, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. My title today will be this. Wounded, bruised, chastised, and beaten. You see, now Isaiah, it might be fair to describe Isaiah as a potential candidate for who the prophet was talking about. Isaiah didn't exactly have the easiest of lives. He went through about four different kings as he did his ministry, and about three out of four of them were wicked men. Only one was a righteous man, and that one righteous man, I got to say, was probably a stressful one to try and minister to sometimes. In fact, the last thing that he ever, uh, that we really have recorded that he said specifically to the king, Hezekiah, was, why didn't you do what I told you to do? He, he talked to the righteous king, Hezekiah, and he, he said, Look, because you have done this, your children will be cursed. Because Hezekiah had shown men from Babylon all the treasures of the temple. And later on, Hezekiah's unrighteous son, Manasseh, would take the throne 
And during his reign, men from Babylon, that same nation that Hezekiah had thought was no big deal, would drag the people of Israel, the people of Judah, off into captivity. And it is said that this verse, these chapters in Isaiah 53, was addressed to the people of God stuck in the land of captivity. He told them, he said, hey, there's someone coming. And when he comes, you will be able to be healed. You will be able to be forgiven. You will be able to have peace. Your transgressions can be wiped away. Your iniquities can be forgiven. Your, your peace will be available once again. And by his stripes you can be healed. Yeah. Now, there, there's something that kind of hit me as I was looking at these verses a, a little while back. And I've said it a couple times here. I don't know if I've said it specifically uh, in a way that you specifically may have heard it. But... It just kind of, I'm going to go through this verse and kind of break it down today in a way that hopefully can help us to understand something. You see, there was a man named Jesus who would fulfill this verse here. It was not some human prophet. It was not just another guy. It was nothing different than that. It was God who came in flesh to this world. It said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He came to this earth. He came to His own, and His own received him not this is the condemnation light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil you see the word became flesh the word dwelt among us and when he came he came to show a light to this world to shine to us that we don't have to be the way that we have always been he began to teach a more excellent way to live our lives than the way that everyone had been living their lives he came to fulfill the law of God in such a way that we we aren't bound to to tradition we are no longer bound to uh, purification laws and certain ways to eat your food and we're not bound by those same things that they had to be bound by but he, he, he even said that you know what we know that, that one of the men when they was trying to explain it said you know that these gods of stone and wood that the people worship they're not worth anything so you don't have to live by the same way but you you need to live your life in such a way that your light can shine before men. This hitchhiking man named Philip spoke to this eunuch and told him that this man that was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we were healed. It's, it's not the prophet Isaiah who, who did suffer and did die for the gospel of his day. It's not him, but it is someone who even though his generation was cut off, even though he was bruised and pierced, wounded and beaten, even though he was wounded, bruised, chastised, and beaten, he didn't stay wounded, bruised, chastised, and beaten. He rose again from the grave on the third day. He died. 
He was buried. He came again in resurrection power. And because of that, we can die out to sin. We can be buried with Him in baptism. And we can raise again that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. We'll be able to quicken your moral bodies so that one day you too can raise and join Him in heaven. It can begin to quicken your mortal bodies even today in this very place. And it can be just like it was in the book of Acts when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all together in one place, in one mind, in one accord. And suddenly a sound come from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. See, there's power in the blood of Jesus. Jesus was crucified in one of the it was one of the most brutal ways that you could deal with a criminal of the day. And he was numbered with the transgressors, indeed. He was numbered with the transgressors. And because he was numbered with the transgressors, he had to be treated like a transgressor. Transgressors are people that do something against somebody. They're lawbreakers. They're people who didn't follow the boundaries of the law. And he was treated like someone who did not respect the boundaries of the law. He was wounded for transgressions. Transgressions are obvious in issues. Transgressions are obvious issues. If you tell someone don't do that and they do that, and it's obvious to everyone in the room that they have transgressed. Pastor has been talking about the Ten Commandments in our morning serve in our uh, teaching services, and he. Uh, the Ten Commandments. If you broke one of the Ten Commandments, it was usually kind of obvious. Everyone would know. Everyone would know if you lied. If you lied, you're a transgressor. If you stole, you're a transgressor. If you picked up sticks on the Sabbath day, you were a transgressor. If you said the name of God and swore with the name of God, you were a transgressor. And those transgressions had only one way to cover them up, and that was blood. Either your blood or a lamb's blood. Your blood or a lamb's blood. There's no in-between. You're either getting stoned and beaten, or you take a lamb before the people and sacrifice it transgression he was wounded for our transgressions 
You see, blood is the only price that can pay for a transgression. And he was wounded for our transgressions. Because he was wounded, any sin, any time, any commandment that you have broken can and will be forgiven if you will come before him and say, Jesus, I know you were wounded and it was obvious, it was bloody. There was blood gushing out from those nails. nails. There was blood gushing out through your head. There was blood gushing out from your back and your feet and God because of that Lord I come before you and I plead that blood over my life you see if you go to court and they offer you how do you plead you can come before them and you can say and they may offer you something and they may say hey if you will plead this way We'll do this for you. This is your plea deal. Because he was wounded, you can come before him and say, I, my plea is blood. My plea is blood. I plead blood because I know that I killed. I know that I'm filled with hatred. I know that I've lied. I know that I have done anything. But I plead that blood. And because he, he responds to that blood, he recognizes that blood, and he says, okay, the blood's on the books now. You can go free. You can walk out free. You can be saved. You can be redeemed. Because of that blood, when we say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, I come to you on this altar right now, and I pray that you forgive me for my sins. He'll say, yes, my blood covers it. I'm wounded Amen. for that transgression. I'm wounded for that transgression. You see, wounds are obvious. Anybody just ever had just an open, gaping wound? told Texas he needs to play Jesus in our, for an Easter drama because he had one of those wounds go straight through his hand one time. It's obvious that there's a scar there today because of that wound that tried to go through his wrist. That's how wounds work. There's no hiding it. When you suddenly are running with your hand over top of the sink and there's blood going out, it's obvious there's no hiding it. However, that's not the only thing that it says. He wasn't just wounded for our transgressions. He was also bruised for our iniquities. What's an iniquity? Is that what an iniquity is? Is an iniquity just a sin? It's not just a sin. It's not just a simple little sin. It's not just something so simple as that. Iniquity is deeper down than sin. And iniquity, it's internal. Iniquity is to the core. It's something down deep inside. It's a nature. It's an idea placed deep within us from our very birth. I was born in sin. I, I was shapen in iniquity. 
From the very moment of your birth, you're born to iniquity. A transgression, now that's something you do. And iniquity, that's something you are. It's down in your very nature, this iniquity. And he was bruised for your iniquities. What's a bruise? A bruise is a broken vessel underneath our skin. Now, there's some bruises that are barely noticeable. There's some bruises that are barely noticeable. It's just a little dark color on you. But just the other day, man, Texas, you need to quit getting hurt so much, man. But I was shown a bruise across his arm where he'd been smacked real good by his bow as he shot it. It wasn't pretty by any means. It lasts. It's still there. And you've got to wait for your body to heal that up. You've got to wait for that to heal. You see, that bruise is not just... It's not open. It's not obvious. You can cover it up a lot easier. You see, you wrap a wound with a bandage pretty nicely. You might be able to get it. But you see, if you're bruised, the bandage is your skin. The bandage is your skin. It's covering it up, and, and it discolors, it misshapes, but there is still something broken on the inside, and if someone doesn't realize you're bruised but hits that bruise, it's going to cause something to come up when you're bruised. You see, a bruise is deep on the inside. It it, it's there. It's not soaking anything it's not going anywhere it's not going to disappear until you give it enough time to disappear and that's what your iniquities are it's what you were born with it's something deep on the inside it's something it may be something that your dad did it might be something that your mom did that's iniquity that's deep inside of you it's some pattern you were taught it's some way that you were taught to live some way that you were given this example that you have to live with but he said because i've been bruised you don't have to have that type of bruise on the inside anymore i was bruised i was smacked in the side of the head I was they were pushing me they knocked me down to the ground they hit me with rods they smacked me in the face and they asked me who hit you prophesy to us he was bruised and because he was bruised your iniquities, your nature can be transformed. You don't have to live the way you were born anymore. And you can come to Him. And you can have your iniquities healed by His bruising. Something on the inside. You see, the wound was for the obvious. The bruising was for the internal. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. I touched on that a second ago. Who hit you? He was screamed at. He was forced to stay up all night long. And before the people ever started saying anything to him, he was in a prayer meeting 
all night long fighting with his own self. Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But nonetheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And it seemed as if his sweat become as great drops of blood. The milk condition they called that is the result of such extreme stress, it's actually possible to sweat blood. Before he ever had blood drawn from his body by a whip or by a nail or by a thorn, he began to produce his own self because he was already being chastised by the devil himself. A chastising is a punishment. It's stress. It's an onslaught of emotions when you're chastised, when someone just drives you insane. The devil had tempted him. He was forced to stay up all night long. He, he, he didn't get a wink of sleep that night because he was busy going from one trial to this house to another trial before this judge and before all the people but as Pilate began to say, I can't find anything to do to him, but if you will, do you want to release him? And they just said no. Give us a murderer. Give us anybody else. And in fact, go and crucify him. They hadn't done anything to him but scream at him. Force him to stay up as they dragged him through town and his head might have been starting to feel heavy and they just push up against him and say, Stay awake. They sent him into prison rooms. They sent him into this place and that place. They asked him questions. They made false accusations against him. And he was chastised. Why? What do you deal with? What voices have been screaming at you? What accusations have you had? What things have you dealt with? What lies have you been told? What lies have been told on you? What, what, what did that person in school say about you? What did that person on your job say to you? What things were you told? What things did you have happen to you? He said the chastisement of our peace was upon him. In the spirit of Jesus, when you can be filled with his spirit, he said, I was tortured. I was driven to the point where anyone else would give up. I was made to stay up all night long. I was made to sit in prayer meetings where I was fighting with my own internal thoughts and feelings and temptations. And I fought with my own flesh so that you you wouldn't have to deal with the lies that try to come to your mind. I did it so your depression would no longer have to be a thing. So your anxiety could be made whole. So I was chastised so that you could have peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, Faith. Temperance. You can have all of that. Not have to deal with all of the works of the flesh that would try to be part of your life instead. 
He was chastised so you could have peace. Everything that was done to him was done so that it wouldn't have to be done to you. And finally, by, your, by his stripes. By his, you see, the level of the wound was for the level of your issue. You see, wounds are external and obvious, just like lying and cheating and murder are external and obvious. Bruises are internal, just like your thought patterns are, just like your raising is, just like your memories are. Chastisement is a mental, verbal attack for the mental and verbal things that are placed on you every day. And he was, and by his stripes, with his stripes, we are healed. With his stripes, we are healed. How deep does a stripe go? It's on the flesh. You've been scratched before. In fact, it's possible that you're in here with actual stripes on your arms or back or legs. It's a pretty common thing these days for people to deal with stripes. And sometimes you put those very stripes on yourself. Sometimes we deal with stripes. But he, he took stripes so you wouldn't have to have those types of stripes on you anymore. By his stripes we are healed. And yes, that includes cancer. Yes, that includes diabetes. Yes, that includes the common cold or COVID or what, what have you, whatever issue, whatever sickness you may feel, whatever tumor you may have, whatever blood disease you may have, whatever issue with any internal organ or any mental illness, anything that you may have, by his stripes we are healed. You see, stripes are skin level. Stripes are skin level. They're, ex they're external, but they stay at the skin. They puddle up over the skin. He was beaten. You see, it says that he was tied to a post and they whipped him. They beat him with a whip. They ripped skin off of his body. Scratches, scars on the flesh. That's for a surface level sickness. These didn't go very deep necessarily. They went no deeper than the skin. They, they weren't an issue in anything more than just the skin. But you have issues attack your skin. Your human body, your muscles, your nerves, your brain tissue, your ears, your eyes, all those parts of your body. This isn't necessarily 
The same way as the peace was an attack on the spirit and the wounds were something that you've done yourself, maybe some sin, some bruising is something that you may have had put on you from generations prior. But your sicknesses, your diseases, the things you need to be healed from, that all come just by being a human living life. And in fact, before he even had a sentencing placed on him, that's when he was beaten. He said, hey, just scourge him and let him go. That's all I want to do to him. I don't want to do anything more than just that. Just scourge him and let him go. So, and Pilate said that hoping that the people would say, let that be enough. And that's what God would love to have happen for you. Hey, let the common human sicknesses be enough. Let the common human sicknesses be enough. Hey, come on, it doesn't have to be anything more than just the human condition, right? But no, he had to go through all the rest of that because we have so much more than just common human sicknesses to deal with. We love to quote this, he was by his stripes we're healed we quote that so often when we pray when we oh jesus by your stripes we're healed but that's not all it is you see he was also wounded for transgressions and bruised for iniquities and our chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we're healed and anytime you deal with anything we can always say jesus i plead your blood Jesus, I plead your blood. And if you think your issues are too much, there's too much. I've seen this meme before. This picture has been turned into a meme. That's Mel Gibson directing the Passion of the Christ movie. I've seen it with this caption many times. Me trying to explain to Jesus why my issues are such a big deal. Me, this man wearing his nice watch and modern clothes and perfectly placed together hair talking to Jesus with his ratter, tat, tattered rags and sweat and blood and tired expression. Now, I know that's not exactly what's actually going on in this picture. But how often are we sitting there saying, Jesus, I just don't think you can handle this that's going on in my life. Well, he's saying, I've been wounded, bruised, chastised, and beaten. I can take care of anything you got going on. How did that eunuch feel? As he began to read those words, he was wounded for our transgressions. This man's a eunuch. He's been wounded before. And he's got this deep healing that most likely had to happen. And some bruises. He's dealt with some mental issues over the chastisement that was put into his life and the servitude that he was brought under. 
And I assure you, as a servant, he's suffered some stripes. He's a servant to a queen of the Ethiopians, a eunuch. He'd been forced to live a life he did not want to live. This man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Why did this man come to Jerusalem to worship? He's not Ethiopian born, obviously. He's Jew. That's, why, that's who goes to Jerusalem to worship, is Jews. He might have been born in the nation of Ethiopia, who knows. But... He was born into servitude, brought into servitude, made a eunuch. He had suffered wounds and bruises and chastisement and stripes. And that's the reason he asks Philip, he said, who's he talking about that can heal because he was wounded and can fix iniquities because of his bruises? Who was chastised that I could have peace and had stripes that I could be healed. Who's this man whose generations were cut off just like mine are? Eunuchs cannot have children. Eunuchs have no generations coming after them. That's not going to happen for him. And he's saying, I think this guy might be able to help me. I think this guy might be able to help me. And Philip began to preach from the same scripture of Jesus. As they went on their way, they came to certain water. And with excitement, this guy says, Hey, here's water. Can I be baptized now? You see, he'd heard of that message. He'd heard, hey, I, I may have transgressed against God or against man, but he was wounded for that. I might have some iniquities born deep inside of me, but, but he was bruised for that. I'm not feeling peace right now, but I can feel peace because of his chastisement. And I've got some issues, but I can be healed by his stripes. So there's water right here. Yes, What's stopping me from being baptized? If you believe with all your heart, you can do it. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. So Philip commanded the chariot, or they commanded the chariot to stand still. They went down in the water. Philip and the eunuch, he baptized him and he said, he, he baptized him. And when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord sent Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more but he went on his way yes, rejoicing Thank you, rejoicing because there's power in the blood because he was wounded and bruised and chastised and he had stripes put on his back yeah, that's right. that blood that blood it wasn't just some other it was not just another blood of a sp any spotless lamb, but that blood was precious blood for it washed the sins of man. You see, let me just kind of paint this picture for you of what Jesus did. 
Violently, they grabbed his arms and they tightly strapped each wrist. And with the hellish looks that a strong-armed soldier wimp clenched in his fist, laced with chips of bone, they beat him hard from his shoulders to his feet. It sliced right through his olive skin, just like razors through a sheet. Countless times the blood splattered as each inhuman lash was given. Several times his knees gave way as his flesh just hung like ribbons. Then surprisingly he turned his head for the words he said were few. The soldier's face turned pale when he said, this blood is for you. Uncaringly, they tossed a garment across his weakened form. His blood pressure fell deathly low as the crowds began to swarm. They forced him to carry his cross uphill as his face they punched and smacked while the splinters from the crisscross beam dug deep into his back. Through lack of sleep and dehydration, his tongue began to swell and weakened by his loss of blood, this prophet teacher fell when he did some blood splattered on a man named Simon's shoe. And as he bent to wipe it off, the prophet looked at him and said, Simon, this blood is for you. And this blood can save the soul, heal the sick, and mend the heart. This blood can give you access to the very throne of God and still can go the distance through the pain to where you are. This blood is for you, the blood of the Lamb. They pounded a spike through the bones in his wrists, bursting arteries and veins. As they dropped the cross in a hole, they dug his body convulsed with pain. Through an agony and torment that never a soul shall find, he tilts his head. This blood is for you. What are you waiting for? As the eunuch said, what's stopping me? Well, Josh Herring preaches a message titled, There's Nothing in Your Way. There is nothing in your way today stopping you from any bit of this. This blood is for you. This blood is for you. It was for that Ethiopian eunuch. It was for Philip. It was for Saul. It was for everyone. Peter said, this promise is to you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, to all Judea, even unto Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Even to Mary in Kentucky, even to Salem, Morganfield, Sturgis, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. From the farthest reaches to the closest area, this blood is for you. I'm wrapping this up. If someone would come to the music. 
this blood that Jesus poured out. He was wounded so you wouldn't have to deal with the consequences or with the problems, with the effects of sin. He was bruised so that no matter what's been put in your mind from whatever generation wouldn't have to stay there anymore. He was chastised so that in the present time you could say, he could accurately say of you, my sheep know my voice, a stranger they won't follow. He was beaten with stripes on his back so that no cancer, no liver disease, no blood condition, nothing would be able to kill you, would be able to bring you down, would be able to destroy your human life. By his stripes, we are healed. I don't know what's attacking your mind. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you've been taught. I don't know what you're dealing with physically. But his blood can cover it. These altars are open and all you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm dealing with depression. And I know you were chastised so that that could be fixed. You can say, Jesus, I'm a liar, but you were wounded for that. Jesus, I don't have any kind of heritage of Christianity in my life. But you were bruised for that. God, I'm sick. But you were beaten for that. God, I've got a few strokes in my own that's I've been bruised a few times myself. I have voices every day trying to chastise me. I feel wounded by my very soul. You think maybe you understand me. Here today, I'm ready. He need you to do something about this. I need you to do something about this. And I know you can't because you've been there. Once Everything that he was going through. 
but he rejected the notion of not feeling that, that pain that he was being put through. Instead, he decided, I'm going to feel every minute of this because if I don't feel every minute of this, if I don't suffer through this whole thing, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to do what they need me to do if I step out of this for a second. But that's what so many of us are electing in this time right now. I don't want to go through this whole process. And that's why some people can hear this statement brought before him that he was wounded, bruised, chastised, and beaten and still sit still because they've been sucking on that same vinegar that the enemy is offering. The one that's trying to keep you from every second of this process, you've decided to take the numbing. Decided, we, we decide to take the numbing so that we can step out of the pain of the moment. But sometimes we need to go through the pain of the conviction, the pain of the prick that comes to the heart so that you can come and you can ask, what shall we do? How do we do this? to this moment how do we get past this we need to get past the numbing so that we can address the wounds because if we don't address the wounds you're never going to get to the point where you can say with Jesus that it is finished the only way that you get to it is finished is spit out the vinegar Spit out the pretending. Spit out the lies. Spit out the, oh, it's okay. It's not okay. It's not normal. It's not the only way to do this. We've got to come to the altar. We've got to die out to that sin. We've got to die out to what's going on and get rid of loving. Jesus. Don't let us see our conscience. Don't let us believe a lie. Keep us open. Keep us ready so that your healing, so that your forgiveness can come over us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.